Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we're talking the Winter Games. That's right, the Olympics on ice. We've got all your favorite sports, including scurling, curling, skeleton, the biathlon, and more. Everything is getting chilly here on this episode of Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 105, recorded March 1st, 2018. The sports of snow and ice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by my co-host. He is the uh, the uh, the the probably like the the silver. I'd I'd say like silver at best. See, I was uh, first. Uh, but I'll take, I'll certainly take the bronze and be happy with that. I was thinking of a trying to think of a curling term, but I kept thinking of coxswain, huh? which is a which is a rowing term. Oh, I was just going. I was going for the Olympics, uh, the Olympic theme that we have going yeah. on. No, All you right. know what? So you're the you're the skip. Going... You're the skip of this program. Um, I'd like to say that I'm made of granite and uh, weigh between thirty eight and forty four pounds. Neither of those are true, but. Um, I'm happy to be here nonetheless. Well, that, I'm glad to hear that. Um, we've got quite an exciting program here. Before we get to that, I do want to remind folks, um, we're going to be spending tonight talking about a number of winter games, but uh, but if you're interested in the summer games, we did a previous episode on the Olympics. You can check it out on our webpage at upfordebate.tv. Just click the archives tab and uh, and or, or go to soundcloud.com slash upfordebate and check it out there. Um, that was a fun episode you can listen to. But Matt, we're going to focus on the Winter Olympic Games were, let's be honest, a little bit late to the to the punch on this one. Uh, our bad. That's on us. Uh, because they're over. We just had them take place in Pyeongchang, uh, South Korea. And uh, quite an exciting event. 15 mat sports comprise the Winter Olympics. Uh, where do you want to start on this one? Um, well... I uh, just want to go over really quick how we came to decide this this episode. Yeah. Um, so I was getting my car repaired, and um, I was sitting in the lobby there looking at the, the TV. And in the, on the TV in the lobby, they were playing a, um, a replay from the latest men's curling match, USA versus Canada. So I think... Uh, that being said, I, th- I think we should really talk about this this curling thing. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of, you pitched to me, you said, Sean, we should do an episode on curling, and I said, Matt, that's great. I don't think we can fill a whole hour on it, and that's kind of how we expanded it to include mm-hmm. the entire Winter Games, but I'm more than happy to start at curling, a, a sport that's certainly been around for a long time, but has never really caught on in the U.S. in the way it has in other parts of the world. Matt, do you know when curling was added to the Olympics? Um... I, if I had to venture a guess, now it's not really fair because I, I did some some research about this. Of course, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was probably like the 19th century. None. Like, like like the late late very late 19th century. Like you mean when it when it became a like a major sport? No, no, when it became an Olympic sport. Oh, an Olympic, okay, an Olympic sport. I thought you meant, like, when it came to the United States and, like, was a national sport. Um, 
I think it was like it was pretty recent, 2000s, right? Early 2000s. Ni- 1998. I was very surprised. I okay. would have thought it had been around longer. Um, that yeah. that certainly surprised me. Uh, but you're right, Matt. Uh, the, the curling as a whole, the spa- the sport. Uh, actually dates all the way back to uh, the earliest evidence of curling dates back to 1551. Yeah, that really surprised me. I had no idea that this game was that old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an old game. Yeah, the, the word curling first appears in 1620, so it's certainly the first formal club in the world, 1716. So it certainly has been around for a long time. It didn't come to North America uh, until the Scottish immigrants uh, brought it to Canada in uh, late 1700s, early 1800s. Uh, the first sport club in North America established in 1807, the first in the U.S. in 1830. Yeah, I when I was researching it, they, they have some pictures of uh, very old-time pictures of folks playing curling, with, and they're, they're using actual brooms like uh, you might find in your house very uh, different than the, the brooms that they use at the, uh, the games today. Did it's you know see them out there with the, that, their hats on? And, that, yeah. that some of those brooms are made of carbon fiber. It's actually very high tech. Yeah. Um, the, the brooms themselves are, uh, the, the way that they're styled, it, it's very, um, they, they have to conform to certain, regulations and uh parameters i guess they have to have um a particular type of uh a type of horse hair or hog hair whatever it's made out of has to measure a certain amount um and they they basically the 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 broom is as much a regulated part of the game as the kettle which is the um you know that large projectile thing they're trying to get across the ice it's as much a regulation as that which i thought was pretty cool um they had different nicknames like the rink rat Mm -hmm. and the blackjack different styles so yeah there's really the the depth and and involvement even down to the type of shoe that that is worn um it's really interesting. I mean, you don't really, this, I mean, just, you know, to be fair, this is often thought of as kind of a joke or the butt of many jokes of the Olympic games. Like, Oh, it looks like professional, uh, custodians or professional ice brushers. Like it it is definitely not a game that the mainstream took seriously for a long time. Uh, but now I think it's getting a certain amount of credibility. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know if you've noticed a change or not, but like these, these, these Olympics and uh, the previous Olympics seems a lot like uh, curling is curling is slowly climbing the ranks and uh, getting more respect. Yeah, you know, I think. I think the the sort of curl every four years curling's resurgence into popularity is actually pretty interesting. I, I sort of it's interesting to me because specifically around the the Winter Olympics, uh, the Winter Olympics are a high speed event. Even more so, I would argue than the Summer Olympics. Almost every major event 
involves some amount of speed or something happening quickly. Curling is the sl possibly, and I can't think of one slower, the slowest event in the Winter Games, which is why it's so fascinating to me that people find it interesting. I think part of it is because it is so different from every other sport. I think part of it is is the sort of unique uh, uh, element to it that it's not replicated in other sports. We don't, you know, figure skating. I can go to my local rink and go ice skating and and skiing. You know, a lot of people ski. I mean, these are snowboarding. I mean, these aren't sort of exotic sports by any means. But curling is one of those. Not quite as much as cricket, but it's just one of those sports that certainly we as Americans in a lot of countries just see and are curious about because it is unusual. And as you mentioned, Matt, curling has a very deep, very deep sort of culture and 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 uh, personality around it. Everything we've we've hinted at a little bit. Everything in curling has a name, like a weird little nickname that only curlers call it, and it's like it's it's. Equally hard to understand and easy to understand. Like, it's easy to understand the fundamentals, but hard to understand how it actually works. And I think there's something curious about that. I'd be wanting to ask you, Matt, as somebody who, who, as you mentioned, kind of has gotten, got a little bit more excited about it now that the Winter Olympics is here. Do you think, I, I personally understand why it becomes popular every four years. I just don't think there's a full-time market for curling. I think every four years is enough curling. I don't need more curling. I, I like to be reminded of it for a couple weeks, and then it needs to go away for four years. Do you think there could be a sustained market for curling? Um, no. I, I think that it's it's something that... I'm some, I think it's something that most people will just forget about until the next Olympics come around. Uh, the only way I could see it having a sustained popularity is see this is what I don't understand is that it's in many ways kind of like how people watch golf. And I, I think the two sports are very, very similar. Um they're both it can be argued that they're both more cerebral than physical. You know, you're thinking about the shot, you're lining up the shot. Um the the planning that goes into the 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 actual moment is arguably more important than the moment itself, the moment of activity itself. Much like in 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 uh, in curling, you know, getting the, the shot right, calling the correct weight and the correct direction of the kettle, um, spotting it and and lining it up properly. Um, identifying a path, all of those things play a big role, and um, and I, I that's why I think that that it gets so much respect, or at least a lot more respect than it used to. Uh, but I don't. I, I mean, unless it somehow supplanted golf and kind of took that spot over as the you know, the game that you you turn on and people don't really get why you love it, but um, yeah, I, I just don't see that happening, though. I don't really see it being able to, to fill that role. Well, you know, I think another thing I think of, too, is that I think when you think of the gr maybe not great, the most popular American sports, football, baseball, basketball, 
it's all stuff I can do in my backyard, right? It's it's things that are very approachable that we grew up understanding the rules and playing and and, and don't require so much into again, I think that's why cricket is foreign to so many people, unless you really are very hardcore about it. I think curling is not something even hockey to some degree. Yeah, you need ice, but you need a stick and an object to hit into a net. I mean, the the rules are very straightforward. I think in curling the amount of sort of expertise and the amount of special equipment, I think just really limits its ability to grow beyond a niche Olympics. It's it's the same with skeleton or luge or bobsled. It's like they're cool and I get it, but I don't, I don't see any sort of big popularity boost of something like this, just because it's so specific. Uh, of of yeah. a game versus skiing, which I just need two straight pieces of wood strapped to my feet and I'm skiing, right? I mean, very straightforward. I mean, I mean I, I, yeah, back to what you said about how how specific it is and how how tedious it is almost. Uh, just as an example, I was reading the um, the the granite taken from the stones that are used to to manufacture the uh, <clears throat> the curling stones. Um, the granite it comes from uh, all of the granite from every curling stone comes from two sources. Uh, this this island off the coast of Scotland and this granite quarry in Wales. So, just to give you an idea of how precise and specific those two finite locations of granite are, are responsible for producing all of the. Uh, all of the quote unquote officially sanctioned, uh, you know, officially sanctioned curling stones in the world. So this is not just something you can pick up and, you know, I, you know, I feel like doing her curling is like a little hobby. It's, it's no, it's, it's a commitment. It's a financial commitment. You have to go out and find a, uh, curling site, a curling location, uh, ice rink on which to practice, and I assume you'll you'd have to pay some money to rent, um, to you know, to practice there. You have to probably belong to a club, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably specific shoes. Yep. You know, well, definitely specific shoes you'd have to wear. Um, so that's another investment. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's something that you you get into lightly. Or if you do, you know, you're going to be out some, some cash. So, um, yeah, for that, for that reason alone, it's not a very accessible sport. It's not very accessible for, uh, for lay people to get into. Well, I, I sort uh, you of, know, Oh, go ahead. You hear stories about people in, uh, Latin America or in other places in the world, uh, playing baseball, you know, using, using a milk carton for yeah. a glove or something like that. And, uh, yeah, certainly I don't think too many curling champions will come from poor areas of the world. I'll put it that way. But with that being said, I am glad we get to enjoy it every four years. I think there is something very appealing about the sport as a spectator, I think we've kind of spoken from the perspective of a player, and I agree it's not approachable. But I do think from some angle, 
as a spectator, it is a sport that is very uh, tension-filled. It is a sport that I think once the rules are explained, it's kind you know using the sort of bullseye target. It's sort of at that point it becomes a little easier to understand how the rule, and I think it's easy to televise, so you kind of get the the idea. And it's also um, while the games can be a bit long, at least the pace is usually pretty good. At the you know there aren't a lot of delays. I think the pace of curling is pretty good. So I do think in terms of a spectator sport, once you understand the rules to some degree, I do think that there is appeal as as a as a spectator on a global stage for something like the Olympics. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it's something that I'm really glad. I'm really glad that they have it. Not something I really go out of my way to watch, but um, if it's on, yeah, it's I mean, it's just it's just one of those mesmerizing things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much going on, um, and I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Sean. I, I, you can tell me if um, if you're kind of like this too, but I I rather not know what's happening. I, I feel <laughs> much more like caught up in the mystery of it, and I'd like to keep that mystery intact. I'm the same way with with um, I'm the same way with rugby, and I'm the same way with cricket. You know, if I ever see those games on, I would much rather just not know what's happening because it's just it, it, it's for something about it, it makes it more intriguing that way. Because I feel like if I if I learned what was happening, it would somehow I would become actually less invested, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But no, I, um, I, I see that perspective. I, I understand that. I would say, I think as someone who flips around between a lot of Olympic sports, especially if they're timed where you can't, you know, there are multiple live events happening. I think that's okay. I think for me, any more than five minutes of curling and not knowing the rules is a bit of a struggle because then I just get bored with it because I don't know who's winning or losing and I don't know if what they're doing is right and wrong. I think I need more context. I agree. I think on the surface... Um, not knowing the rules is interesting because you're trying to figure out the rules, right? That's kind of part of the fun, and they do not do a good job of explaining them to you. You have to Google them. Uh, they, the, 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 I give the, I was watching uh, one of the snowboarding jump rail events, uh, and the commentators were kind of explaining it, and they're like, okay, oh, that was a good jump, and oh, you know, oh, as they hit that, you know, they, they, that's more points, and the judges will look for that. They were kind of explaining it with curling. They just assume either you know it or you don't care that you don't know it. Uh, and that kind of, for me, makes it a little bit of a struggle. But I think once you once I think you're right. I think that there is some appeal to this sport. The idea, I mean, it's shuffleboard. I mean, they're playing shuffleboard, let's be honest. I mean, it's a more elaborate version with more rules. But it's, it's a variation on shuffleboard. I think that's something a lot of people understand and can get behind and I think it's a concept that's not unfamiliar you got to get yours closest to the middle you know that's that's a very fundamental concept so I think you're right you don't have to know all the rules to get enjoyment out of this game um for me it's just I get more enjoyment knowing the rules but I I totally get where you're coming from yeah um it's uh it's it's a, it's an interesting sport. It, it's uh, it, it's far from the stereotype that a lot of people have given it. it. It's definitely, I would say, one of the more involved sports. Um, the matches are longer than a lot of the other events from other other uh, other games. 
Um, and they definitely require, I mean, think about how, how moving a piece of granite along a slippery path of ice to get it to go to the exact spot that you want it to go using only a brush. Like that's, you know, it's hard to do that. So I think these, these athletes definitely should get more credit. Um, but yeah, there are some, a lot of aspects of curling that I definitely don't understand. I mean, watching that little snippet while I was waiting for my car to be repaired is, um, they, they, uh, they got the granite to like a line. It was, it was one of the circles. Mm-hmm. There's like those bullseye target looking things. Um, and they got it, they got it in the middle, like in the dead center. Yep. And the, but the guy was mad because I guess they wanted to get it on the, one of the lines outside of the circle. I, I didn't really like, I, to me, it, it just seemed like the, the, you know, the idea of shuffleboard, like get it to, the middle of a target or whatever, as close as you can to it. But yeah, but again, I would definitely rather not know oh. why he was upset. Because I was going to tell. Do you want to know? Because I can tell you. Nah, I think I think it's okay. good to keep that a mystery. All right, fair enough. No, nah, you can tell me. Why, <laughs> why did you want another line? No, 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 no. I well, I I didn't see that specific match, so I'm kind of speculating. But in case anyone is curious how the scoring works, because I think when it comes to like the broomsmanship i think nobody is ever going to understand how that works i think the scoring is probably the easiest thing to learn about curling and all you have to know is only one team so a curling match is made up of ends which are essentially like rounds they call them ends right uh they're usually eight or ten depending on if what type of tournament it is and in each end each team gets eight of the stones to throw okay Whoever's, whichever team's stone is closest to the center gets points for that round. So in, in a given end, in a given end, only one team can ever get points. You will never have an end where both teams get points. Because the only team that can earn points is the one who is closest to the middle. Now that team oh. gets one point for every stone. So you get a minimum of one because, you, you know, you have that centermost stone. Uh, you, um, I think unless there is a way to get both have zero, but I won't get into that. Um, you get that, but you get a point for every stone that is closest to the middle without your opponents in the way. You know what I mean? So if three of your stones are closest to the middle before the next one of your opponents working your way out, then you would get three. If you only have one in the middle and you're the closest, but your opponent's is like right next to you and all your others are farther away, you only get one point. So that's that's basically how curling works. And you do the eight or ten ends, and the person with the most points at the end wins. Okay. Well, all I know, my favorite part of curling is the sound that <laughs> the two granite stones make when they clink together. Yeah. Really nice sound. Very nice. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a very satisfying... I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a more satisfying sound in the whole world of sports. I love... you mean that. Talking about the sounds of curling, I love when the broomsmen are yelling and the person who when threw the, the rock is yelling. Oh, yeah. During the tournament. And, and most of the time, it's in a foreign language, so you do not know what they're yelling. Um, 
but what's actually interesting to me is they're actually they take the target and they divide it up into sections and they number them. It's not on, you can't right. see it, but that's all that players know this. And they're actually shouting out what section they think it's going to land in or they want it to land in. And so they're actually communicating, okay, we're going to get it in 12, so we got to, you know, and then they'll know, okay, we need more speed or we need less speed or it's got to go left or right or, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, they also comment on the weight. Uh, I remember yes. reading, they comment on the weight of the stone. Yes. And um, I didn't really understand that part. Like, what is the weight? <laughs> why, why are they shouting out the weight? What does that mean? I don't, uh, you've, again, as I said, outside of the scoring, the actual, like, because they actually, it's called curling, by the way, because you actually can curl the stone. You actually, you give it a little, you put a little spin on it, and you can actually, like, kind of like uh, in bowling, where you can kind of curve the ball. You can do the same with a curling stone. Um, and so how that, how any of that works is beyond my comp. I, you'd have to get like a NASA scientist in here to explain that to me because it doesn't, it's very confusing. doesn't make any sense. So your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) All right. So curling, um, anything else you'd like to add about curling before we move on to our next winter sport? Well, how about this, Matt? Um, let's, let's put a little spin of our own on this, on this episode. Why don't we, uh, we'll go through, uh, we probably went through all of them, but we'll go through a lot of the winter Olympic sports. Uh, why don't you give, why don't we each give this one a medal? Is this a gold medal sport? Is this a silver medal sport? Or is this a bronze medal sport? Let's, let's rate them. What, what do you say, Matt? Where, where does, where does curling um, land on the podium of Matt's sports? Well, what are we, what, how are we deciding these medals? Is it in terms of uh, watchability? Uh, it, is it in terms of like how good of a sport we think it is? Or Overall. Overall. Again, think of it okay. that the sports are competing against each other. Right. So it is a bit of a comparison in some ways. But just overall, just do you think it's good, better, best? First, second, third? Just, you know, something... Mm-hmm. Uh, curling, I'm going to give it, I'm, I'm going to give it a silver. Okay. I'm going to say it's a silver medal sport. I think it's, it's, it's really good, but I, I mean, you know, a case can be made that it's not as, it's definitely the chess of winter sports for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I mean, you take a game like hockey, which is also a winter sport that has the, you know, it has the strategy and it's action packed at the same time uh so yeah for for my money i'll go with uh i'll go with curling being a uh silver silver. fair enough Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna give it a gold uh only because i think it's so much different from all the other sports and in the 15 winter uh events I would say that curling is probably my top three of ones that i would be most likely to watch so i think just because of its uniqueness and I think it's just a in that category gold gold medal for me. That's that is where I put it. Uh, now, Matt, we've got fourteen other sports here in the Olympics. Fun facts: the Olympic Charter limits winter sports to those which are practiced on snow or ice. So you'll never see a, a sport that does not take place on snow or ice in the Winter Games. Um, is there one in particular that you'd like to talk about? Um, 
I mean, I can... Let's I, go with figure skating. Figure skating. Okay. Hey, one yeah. certainly one of the most popular, I would argue. Um, probably yeah. probably the one most uh, broadcast in prime time figure skating. Been in the Winter Olympics since 1924. It is comprised of five separate event. Uh, the men's singles, the ladies' singles, the men's special figures, uh, pair skating, ice danced, and mixed team no that's not true they don't do men's special figures i'm sorry men's singles ladies singles pair skating ice dance and mixed team the united states holds the record for the most figure skating medals with 51 uh and i do you know they count the soviet union separate from russia should we combine them um you're the history guy no no i would say i would say we keep them all right then we have a we have a far lead in terms of the figure skating medals at 51 yeah, just because Soviet Union incorporated more than just Russia, there's like many territories outside of Russia. Wikipedia counts them separately. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do you what do you think about figure skating, Matt? Um, yeah, uh, figure skating. It's that's another one that has a lot of uh, really, really sophisticated rules and methods of judging that I had no idea where to even start mm-hmm. uh, looking at that um, uh, today. Like I learned this year alone that um, uh, traveling is a, is a thing traveling in figure skating means when you do a routine and you know, there's a, there's a, there's, you have to, you have to, um, you have to complete the routine, especially if it's a spin, uh, with your skate in the in the exact same location as where it started. Otherwise, it's called a travel, and, and you get points deducted. Now, that's something that I definitely would watch and be like, I don't understand why they got points off. That looked phenomenal to me. But then they do the the, the slow down replay, and, and I still don't really see it. But uh, uh, yeah, there, there's so much, so much little finite, um, finite things to to figure skating. It, it's definitely one of the most difficult and incredibly demanding of all the winter sports. I mean, a split second, just a split second, can totally ruin your whole routine. Um, if your ice, if your your skate is is off balance on the ice for for just a, a brief the briefest of moments it, it can it can ruin you know four years of work four years of, of training and practicing so um yeah figure skating it's it's tough it's a tough sport i certainly couldn't do it no Oh, uh, that would end very poorly. Yeah, I, you know, uh, figure skating. I, you know, I got to be honest. I'm just not. I'm just not a big figure skating guy. I think the problem for me, and you, you touched on this a little bit. Uh, it's difficult to know what's good and what's not good. Like I'll watch routine and be like, oh, that was pretty good, and the judges are like, oh, that was terrible. She, there's no way she's gonna win. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I also don't think there's enough variety from skater to skater to keep me interested, because usually it's only one small trick that means the difference between gold and silver or winning and you know it's not that their whole routines are so radically different from one to the other and after a while they all sort of blend together and part of that's just me not being an expert in it i'm sure if i knew a lot more about skating i'd know the finer details but just as a casual viewer to me there's just not enough variety 
in skater to skater to, you know, at least with the uh, snowboarding, I'll just take it as an example just because I happen to watch a lot of it. Um, There's a lot more variety in the tricks that the the snowboarders are doing. So you can see three runs and you're going to see three completely different runs uh, because there's so many different trick elements and and, uh, different types of jumps and things of that nature. So for me, skating is just a little bit repetitive. Um, But I certainly do appreciate the the athleticism uh, of it, the strength of it. For me, it's a highlight sport. I love the highlights. I want to see the, okay, here are the three amazing tricks. Here's the two times somebody fell. Moving on to the next sport. Like, that to me is enough for skating. But I, I'm i totally on board. It's a very cool sport. I'm not surprised it's very popular uh, in the U.S., arguably the most popular of the Winter Olympic sports. It's got a good combination of uh, interesting history. It's got music. It's got dance. Uh, it's something people, I think at least on the base level, easily understand. It's not as complicated as some other sports. It's something that is practiced in your hometown. You probably went to high school with somebody who did figure skating. I mean, it's it's a somewhat, maybe hockey, maybe the only more popular common everyday sport than figure skating in the Winter Olympics. So I totally understand why it is is arguably the most uh, popular Winter Winter Olympic game uh, event. Yeah, Um I think the the um, the music helps that a lot, believe it or not. Yeah, I think it seems like the uh, the music adds a sense of familiarity, um, and you know people people love dancing. They love music. It's almost like watching a concert take place. But I, yeah, I just find it I find it really hard to critique because uh, that's something that I would never in a million years expect to be able to do to have the physique, let alone the, the skill and uh, balance of some of these, some of these athletes, some of these skaters. Um, and yet, the, the, you know, the judges will be like, well, the, that's definitely going to cost her in the, uh, in the final running. And you're just like, how, how is that anything other than amazing? These, uh, I mean, obviously, if somebody falls, that's a pretty easy way to say that they they messed up. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times, they're like, "Well, not our best performance." You're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I agree. So. Now, I I did just read on Wikipedia. If you want to, if you wanted to get Sean Jennings more interested in skating, there is a proposal to enter a new skating event into the Olympics in, in a future Olympics. Uh, called uh, synchronized skating, Matt. And it is like synchronized swimming where you have 20 people on the ice and they're doing a choreographed raquette-style routine to music. I would definitely Mm. be more into that. That sounds pretty exciting to me. So this is like a team figure skating almost. It's like... Uh, cheerleading meets dance meets ice skate. I mean, you know, there's going to be group lifts and there's going to be, there's, uh, I'm trying to read a paragraph here from the Wikipedia page. It might help. Um, but they do, they do, you know, they all get into a line and they'll skate. It's kind of like if you've ever seen synchronized swimming, it's kind of the, the, the same idea, uh, as well. And, you know, they lift people and they, but it's a whole bunch of stuff all have, you know, in a big routine. Hmm. Yeah, um, that sounds fun. Sounds dangerous. Mm, yes, very much so. I'm sure. I'd watch it. 
Sure. Uh, but then again, the Olympic Committee doesn't really listen to doesn't really listen to me. So. Well, we'll see. I mean, that that seems like something that uh, something that they might be willing to pass. I mean, it does meet their criteria. It takes place on ice, and so uh, it 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 it's something that people would eat up and and really enjoy watching. But again, that that yeah, who knows what what the Olympic Committee will decide. Uh, although I feel like with the Winter Olympics, um. They don't really get as many bold, as many bold uh, additions as the Summer Olympics does. Oh, for sure. I mean, other and, than snowboarding, what's the what's a what's a new exciting sport that's at that's at the Winter yeah. Olympics? So I think maybe they might need they might think about injecting you know new ideas. I mean, Matt, uh, into do, that. do you have any ideas for new winter Olympic sports <laughs> that we could, because you're right. I mean, the summer Olympics has 50 different sports. The winter yeah. only has 15. So there's definitely room for some additions there. Of course, as I mentioned, you are limited by the snow and ice components, but do you have any, any thoughts or ideas on, on a competitive winter event that could be added to, to the winter Olympics? Sure, I do. Ice fishing. Ice fishing. Um, that would be interesting. There are no, there are no animal-based events currently in the Olympics, though. At they did once do pigeon shooting, way back in the thirties. Mm-hmm. I would say it's time to bring in ice fishing. I think that'd be cool. It'd be really exciting. Um, and I would, I would definitely watch the hell out of ice fishing. Mm-hmm. Um. I would also suggest ice road trucking. Okay, sure. As an Olympic sport, drive ice, drive trucks through sheets of ice, trying to make sure they don't sink. I think I, I, a lot of people would watch that. Uh, I might even suggest maybe putting in a musical component. Did you know that uh, in the Summer Olympics, poetry writing That's true. actually was, was part of the very early, early 20th century Olympics? Mm-hmm. Um, poetry writing uh and composition so i would say maybe some kind of uh although i guess the snow and ice kind of precludes that that part i would love to see that come back to the summer olympics that'd be really neat um but yeah do you have any uh suggestions how about ice climbing that was my idea because rock climbing is a summer event Right, 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 right. So how about that? How about ice, like ice, um, ice mountain climbing or something? Yep, I think that'd be great. I, I would definitely. That sounds high stakes. I would definitely yeah. want to watch that. Uh, I mean, Matt, I'm going to cheat because I have the Wikipedia page in front of me with the list of demonstration events, which are the events that they put in the Olympics because they're not good enough to be real events. They kind of test them out. Um, and they didn't stuck around. They did uh, ski ballet. In 1988 and 1992, uh, which I'm told is uh, ballet uh, skiing involving choreographed routines of flips, roll, leg crossing, jumps, and spins performed on a smooth slope. Uh, It's performed to music for about 90 seconds. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that sounds really dangerous, but... Which is... 
I would definitely watch it. Fun. Yeah, sure. Now, in uh, 1928, they had a demonstration event of skioring. Uh, ski, skioring? I don't know. Do they have a pronunciation? Skioring, uh, which is a winter sport where a person skis while being pulled by a horse, dog, or motor vehicle. In the case of the Olympics, a dog. It's a race. Oh, okay. So it's and, and it's kind of like uh, dog sled, but you're on skis. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that I could see being. See, I don't know. Like, how skilled does that mean you are, though? That seems like the dogs are the ones that are skilled in that in that event. Well, I think it would be harder. Um, not that I know, but I think it would be harder than dog sledding. Because you're on two separate skis and you don't have quite as much. Yeah, I think it would be easier to fall over or get yanked or whatever with the dog. So I think there is a little bit more finesse to that. I would guess. Hmm. How about this, Matt? Speed skiing. Now I know what you're thinking. Isn't skiing already fast enough? You would be wrong. Speed skiing is a type of downhill skiing where you go in a straight line at a speed as fast as possible, timed over a fixed str- a fixed stretch of ski slope, um, where either you break a speed record or have the fastest run at a given competition. Um, skiers have regularly exceeded 125 miles an hour, so it's basically, Matt, here's 200 feet of slope. Whoever can go the fastest down it wins a medal. Now, that is an accident <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah. It's like the XFL of Olympic Games. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. As you were all reading that, that description, it reminded me of how they used to have the two players run at each other to try to get the uh, or whoever That's right. gets the ball first. No kickoffs. The scramble. <laughs> the XFL scramble. The very short-lived yeah, XFL scramble. It's like the scramble of uh, Olympic Games. Gosh. I miss the XFL. I know, Matt. We all do. America does. <laughs> uh, and Matt, I'll give you. Bring it back. I'll give you one more theoretical winter event: the Winter Pentathlon. Now, uh, you may already know the Summer Pentathlon, right? From the Summer Olympics. Um, the mo- they call it the Modern Pentathlon, which is fencing, swimming, jumping, pistol shooting, and cross country running. Um, one of the most difficult Olympic sports. Well, back in 1948, they pitched a winter pentathlon, which was cross-country skiing, shooting, downhill skiing, fencing, and horse riding. And then they never did it again after that. (laughs) Yeah. So. That's, uh... Now, I... Was it so? I assume all these events were one right after another, right? Like, no, they're all at the same time. No, no, there, there's a gap between them. I mean, they all take place during the Olympics, but okay. The, the difficult thing with pentathlon, and I'll tell you why I know this in a second, but the, the difficult thing about a, a, a summer Olympics pentathlon isn't that it's strenuous because you do them back to back, you just have to be really good at five sports, which is the most difficult thing. It's not that. It's it's not now that's easy, but it's more straightforward to just be really good at swimming. But you have to be the best yeah. at swimming and the best at shooting and the best at running, and that's that's why they call it so difficult is because you have to be so well rounded in your sports. There's an excellent we talked about the XFL thirty for thirty a couple weeks ago. There's a uh, an awesome 
on the 30 for 30 podcast, they did a great episode about um, Dave and Dan, who competed at the Barcelona games in the pentathlon. Uh, it was a famous uh, Reebok advertisement, um, which, you know, you may not remember, obviously, because you were a child, but uh they had this famous thing, who's going to make it, in, who's going to win the gold? Is it Dave or is it Dan? Is it Dave or is it Dan? And they both spectacularly melted down. And it's a very good podcast, 30 for 30. You should go listen to that episode. It gives you a little taste of what the modern pentathlon is all about and a little bit of the, the Dan and Dave story. But anyway, I digress. I didn't know 30 for 30 had a podcast. It's pretty, the first season was good. I haven't been digging the second season as much, but the first season's very good. They had a lot of really... They didn't. You would love. They did an episode on the um, the origin of the Yankee suck T-shirts they used to sell at Fenway. Uh, oh. and, it, and you're like, Sean, is that interesting? It was a bunch of these like just ragtag kids who made them up, and they made like a ton of money. And then they like they interviewed these kids. We're obviously all adults now. It was really interesting. They they did a number of them in that first season that were very good. Um, I, I recommend the Thirty for Thirty podcast. Uh, Matt, we we are just blowing through time here. Uh, very quickly, uh, we uh didn't did we rate figure skating on the scale we made up? No, we did not. No, okay, we quick, did not. quick. You got to go first. What, okay, because uh, I think the curling. Yeah, I did curling first. So, which one do you think this is, Sean Jennings? Is it gold? Is it silver? Or is it bronze? Uh, I'm going to give figure skating a silver in this case. I think it is a very good Olympic event. It's just not necessarily for me. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's just fine. Hey, I'm going to give it a gold. Good for you. I think it just, it takes so much unbelievable skill and talent to be one of these figure skaters, uh, and to, you know, it takes, it really takes an incredible dearth of knowledge to, to judge and critique. I, I think there's probably only like 98% of, or like, like, like there's probably only like, like 2% of people, uh, 98% that would have no clue, but I think 2% of people that, um, watch the Olympic games that would actually, first of all, know exactly what the hell is going on throughout each routine. And have the be able to have the know-how to determine whether or not it was a good routine and on what you know what degree of good are we talking yep so uh for that reason for for all those factors combined i i give figure skating the gold outstanding um we're 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 running a little short on time as are there any other winter games that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you that you really wanted to, to get into. We didn't, we didn't get to any of the skiing or snowboarding events. We didn't get into any of the, 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 the what I call the track events, but your, your luge, your uh, skeleton, your bobsled. We didn't, uh, there's hockey, of course. Um, any, any, any in particular you wanted to touch on? Hey, uh, the different types of skiing are pretty interesting. Like oh, sure. there's, there's skiing, but there's also slalom. Yep. And uh, not skeleton. Skeleton would be a bobsled event. Yes. Uh, I guess we could probably, you think we could fit skiing and bobsled kind of in the same talk? No, but we can try. <laughs> They're very yeah. different. But sure, yeah, no, we can No, no, we can talk about both. I mean, again, you, you, you talk about skiing, of course, a lot of different ski events. Of course, ski jumping 
which is interesting. There is the um, alpine skiing, which is your downhills, your super G, your slaloms, your combined. Then there's your sort of flat ski events, your cross-country skiing, your biathlon, um, where they're throwing shooting in there as well. There's also free, uh, freestyle skiing, which is your super pipe and your slope style and your, more, your aerials, your sort of more artsy-fartsy skiing uh, events as well. Yeah. A lot of different ways you can ski. They Definitely have found the ball. plenty of ways. Um, which of all of these, these ski sports do you find the most interesting? Um, Watch good question. Uh, I think... I think the the one I find most interesting in highlight form is biathlon. The problem I have with the sort of flat, quote-unquote, ski events like cross-country and biathlon is they are so boring to watch. It's like watching people walking. It's not... You could not pay me to watch cross-country skiing. It's painfully boring. You watch them take off, you go away for a few hours, and you watch them come back at the end. Like, I cannot watch it. At least biathlon has the shooting, which is kind of cool. I can't do it. So for me... um. I would say it's the. I was really into the jumping this year, where they kind of put their arms out and they when they just fly off the jump. There's like there's, it, it seems so simple, but I know it's not. So I, I I was big into the jumping this year. That was that was what I watched. What what about you? Um, I I really uh, I really get into the the slalom. I guess just them going you know, quickly and having to touch the pole. Um, mm-hmm. Back and forth. Uh, I, I got to be honest, I didn't really get into the ski events this year so much. For me, it was mainly hockey and uh, hockey and figure skating, with I guess a little little tiny piece of curling. Yep. Thrown in there, but yeah, the ski events are the ones that I, I always tend to overlook. I don't know. It's just I, there's not enough going on. I, I've seen enough enough skiers going down mountains to to know what it's all about. And it doesn't really seem that overly complex or, uh, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's still an Olympic sport. So it takes a tremendous amount of skill that, that I'll never be able to, uh, to duplicate. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just in terms of interest, uh, and none of the ski events really do it for me. I, I guess, I guess the jump, cause, uh, cause there, there are certain, you know, things that they have to do to get in the air and distances that they have to travel. But uh, the bobsled, the bobsled, um, that's one that always kept my attention. I had this, uh, I had this video game for the, I think it was for the original Xbox, and it was a uh, Olympic sports team. I got in like the bargain bin for 10 bucks or something. Um, and uh, the, I remember the bobsled game was off. Like you, there were different events that you could play. Um, the figure skating event was basically just a uh, dance, dance revolution with a controller. Mm-hmm. You know, like the precursor to Guitar Hero, basically. Yep. Um, and uh, I think snowboarding was something very similar. Just kind of match, you know, match the buttons to whatever the pattern they showed you. But the bobsled one was really cool because you had to actually navigate obstacles and make sure your bobsled didn't crash into the side, and, and I thought that was pretty neat. So, so the bobsled event—that's um, one that I that I look forward to as well. Yeah, bobsled 
very exciting, very fast sport. One of the fastest you'll get at these events. Uh, I got to be honest, it's really not my favorite um, sort of track. I I don't know what the, that category is called. The ones that go down the the you know the track there, like like luge, skeleton, and bobsled. I don't I don't know what category those are called. So I'm calling them track events. But you you know what I mean. For me, bobsled is just too sort of safe. I really, I was really, I really enjoyed luge this year. I thought luge just be, and skeleton, don't get me started. You got to be, I have a death wish to do skeleton going head first down one of those things. Bananas. Uh, But luge was was really fun for me because of just how much finesse you, I, I kind of, I get why the team element of bobsled has some appeal, but for me, on the luge, I mean, you're really using your body is the sled. I mean, that's that's how you control how it's moving. There, there's really very little to it. Whereas for me, the bobsled, it really is more about the sled than about than about the people inside of it, which I know isn't necessarily true. I mean, they are controlling it, and it's about how they start and all that. But um, but there's just something a little more thrilling. I remember in I want to say it was the Vancouver Games back in when would that have been? 2006 was Vancouver. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Was it? No, or was it 2010? No, it was 2010. Right, right. 2006, I think, was Italy. Yes, Tor- it Torino. Yeah. Torino, yeah. Um, they built that luge track up in Vancouver, and the first couple of people who went on it literally died, and they had to slow mm. it down. Like any sport, the the thrill factor for me is so much bigger in luge. Um, and skeleton. So I was, I really enjoyed watching, um, watching luge. I, I didn't get to see any of the doubles, which is crazy where they strap two people to one of those little sleds and they ride on top of each other. It's crazy. And what's weird, by the way, is, do you know, they only have men's double luge, but not women's double luge. Do they have women's single luge? They do. Now, why don't they have, is there a reason behind that? Not, or is it just, they never thought to add it? No one ever petitioned for Oh, it. no. Hang on. It's a, there you go. Doubles is technically considered an open event since 1994, but only men have competed in it. Okay. So, so they could. Been, had, they yeah. just don't. Yeah, that seems like one of those just oversights that... Fair enough. People never really... Yeah. Never, mm-hmm. never volunteered for it. Mm-hmm. When you know. It's just like, uh, did you know that the MLB, NFL, NBA... And I believe the NHL also, but I'm not 100% about them. Um, none of them require athletes to be men. Mm-hmm. There's actually no rule about male or female athletes. It's just that no female athletes have ever been recruited by any major team. That is interesting. But there's actually no rule that precludes them from participating. Mm, yes, I think they call that the, the Airbud rule. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Not in the rule book says a dog can't play basketball. That's right. <laughs> I love that. What, that that that's a meme I can get behind. Was. Yes. He played all, all kinds of sports too, not just basketball. Man, that that played, dog was talented. That dog played more sports than Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's the Mel- Michael Phelps of dogs. More more sports than Jordan and uh Bo Jackson combined. That's that is true. I mean, who could mm-hmm. who could forget MJ's great career with the uh, the Barons? Chicago What's, White Sox. No, but the the minor league. It was the, the Barons. Barons. Yeah. But, yeah. What? Another great thirty for thirty. Jordan rides the bus. Have you seen that one? <laughs> I have seen that one. 
that is a great we gotta do yeah. a whole 30 for 30 episode because i can just go on and we on should. about how much i love totally those um i'd like to I'd, I'd like to see them do an update though to that uh jordan rides the bus episode because they they talk about how unusual it was for the you know, a brief moment where jordan left basketball to go on to become a baseball player but now you're getting you're getting um you know athletes from other sports coming to baseball you know you have almost like a renaissance of that you have a uh, tim tebow yep uh, russell wilson just joined the the new york yankees organization um so I, I think maybe it would have been cool for them to have done some kind of little segment about uh, athletes going from one sport to another. Uh, they could have also done that in You Don't Know Bo, another great 30 for 30. Yes. Uh, all about the great Bo Jackson. Yep. Oh, I could. Please do not get me started on 30 for 30. I will say I would like a Jordan Rides the Bus sequel that covers his second retirement and then when he went to go play for the Washington Wizards for two years, three years, two years. Yeah. Um, cause that's also fascinating, but anyhow, um, what were we talking about? The winter games? Yes. Yes. Um, if you were to take any of these sports besides hockey, because that's already a thing, any of these sports that, uh, would make it onto a, uh, nationally syndicated, um, program where you would you would have seasons and uh you know see them for one season out of the year regularly on television which sport would it be oh matt this is this is a very easy decision for me uh none of them none of them none of them i don't think i can't pick none of them i gotta pick one matt literally and this isn't this isn't oh it's too hard to make a decision or oh i'm just too lazy to make i literally don't think any of these would work I could pick one. I could totally. I, there's a list right here. I could say any of a skeleton. Okay, sp- speed skating. But I don't think any of them could work because I just don't think it's shocking to me that hockey is a thing in this country. I just don't think snow and ice sports. There's a reason why they're big in places like Norway. I just don't think ice and winter sports could ever go mainstream in the U.S. Even hockey debatably hasn't gone that mainstream. I mean, it is like soccer's about to overtake it as the most popular sport, you know, in terms of their ranking of sports in this country. So for me, I genuinely don't think any of them would work. I don't know, Matt. Do you have one that you think could, could actually survive and make it? Um, <laughs> He's turning this question back on me. And by the way, you know, honestly, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be curling. Yeah, and I agree, because I, I do think it's got a little team element to it. I do think it's got... A, a good score. The problem I think is the scoring with a lot of these doesn't really lend itself to teams that play each other regularly, like in a league. I think, I think curling probably has the best opportunity for that. Um, I, I, I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, that's the one that sticks out of my mind. It's the only one where there's, you know, it's team based, not individual, uh, individual sports don't really, I mean, they don't really tend to do that well in this country or, or really worldwide anymore. Ever since like, you know, 
television and, and uh, merchandising has become a thing. It's much more like about the team that you can root for. Uh, so curling has got the team factor going for it. It's got the strategy because, you know, you, you, you like to know the ins and outs of the strategy of the sport you're watching to fully enjoy it. Well, I think yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd, yeah, I'd go with curling. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think, I think <laughs> I'm kind of generalizing. There are really three categories of winter sports at the Olympics, right? Which is skiing, skating, and track, which are your bobsled and your your luge and things like that, I think the 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 skating, the ice events are the only ones that would work in this scenario. Simply for the fact, and I'm a practical guy, but you can't go skiing in three quarters of our country. You can't have you can't have a Florida based skiing team. Like it just that doesn't work, right? At least with how, with something like curling or ice hockey, that? you 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 have a rink, an indoor rink. I mean, yes, you can build an indoor ski. But I mean, that's really not at all practical. How did you know? Tell tell this to the Jamaican bobsled team, Sean. They lost. They didn't win. Tell them that. Tell the, the Jamaican bobsled they team. Failed. They failed. Those were guys with a dream. They had a dream. Yeah, and they missed it. They went right by. They failed. Maybe have if they maybe the if they had cool lived somewhere running? with snow, they would have done better. Did you have you seen Cool Runnings? I love Cool Runnings. It's yeah, a good movie. They, they believed in themselves. They had a, a bobsled team. But in the end, they failed. I mean, they lost, but yes. they, they, they made it. They, okay. they participated. I, and more power to them. I didn't believe that Jamaica had a bobsled team. I and I continue to barely believe that they had a bobsled team. <laughs> I think I think what was it? Was it Nigeria? We had a, the first ever African bobsled team this year. I think it was Nigeria. Yeah. I didn't yeah, see. Did they win the gold? The gold? No. Okay, I, I don't believe no. they did. No. Um, I think they did. They did well, though. Probably. That's you know. I, yeah. I believe it. But yeah, if I had to, you know what? Another good sport is since we were adding sports before. I just thought of what if they did some kind of like ice bowling. What? Well, now you're just making bowling up sports. Well, that's curling. Ice you kind bowling. of invented curling, except with pins. Yeah, but right, exactly. Instead of <laughs> instead of like getting the the stone to be stationary on a spot, you're knocking things down. It's a lot easier to understand than curling. Yeah, but again, bowling really has barely taken off in this country. Well, yeah. Well, bowling uh, as as a as a as a widespread sport, sure. It's more of like a casual thing. We need. It's, it's like golf. More right. action. We need more excitement. That's why hockey is the winter sport that has kind of taken off, is because it's ho- it's ex- there's contact and there's speed. Think of all the NBA. That's why baseball is struggling. You look at football. That's you know it's uh, people want action and contact, and that's not what you get in these winter sports for the most part. Um, and those you do what speed skating maybe, um, but it's it's that NASCAR effect where they're just going around in a circle, um, and and there's you know. There's there's not there's not a ton of strategy to it. I think it's difficult. It, it's fascinating to me how sports become popular because there's so much that goes into what works and what doesn't. Because they're highlight. Why didn't highlight become a thing? I mean, there's so many sports out there that have tried to become mainstream sports and have failed because of of any number of of factors. I think you really have to have a lot of different things to to go mainstream. 
Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, realistically, will any of these sports go mainstream? No, no, I would say no. Um, but you know, just for the sake of, uh, it's always fun to, to guess, I guess, you know? No, I, I, and look, I'm personally, this is a bit of a bigger, bigger argument, but I am not a fan of mainstream sports in the Olympics. I don't want baseball to be in the Olympics. I don't want golf to be in the Olympics. The Olympics should be reserved for the, for the weird sports only a few people do. Because I can see those other sports all the time, and we already know who's the best in those sports because they're always playing it. I don't hear about curling ever. That's why it's fun that it's in the Olympics and why I think the uh, Summer Olympics is way too bloated and we talked about this when we did the episode, way too bloated. They've got 50 events, which is insane, and to add baseball is bonkers to me because we already have baseball being played all around the world. I just don't I don't think it needs to be part of an already bloated Olympics. So that's just my feeling. The Olympics yeah. is now for that's something, the weird sports. That's something we could have a debate about because I totally disagree. Oh, I finally, we found something we disagree on. We found it. We, we found what a, what a the, treat. Uh, the breaking point, yes. We're, we are now officially up for debate. We're in debate mode. And it only took us an um, hour into the episode to do it. It almost took a, it only took us 105 episodes. Yep. I guess. Yep. Yeah. No, totally. I would say uh, put baseball in the Olympics, but don't allow any professional athletes to compete in it. But that's. Um, but that, so, so make it an amateur event. For, oh for my god! Athletes. It's gonna be so bad for every country in the world. It would be. I think it would be great. No, I, I, this is this is like it a, would be such a, crappy a baseball. True. Why would it be terrible? Because all the good players are professionals. That's why they're professionals. Yeah, but you're not watching the game to see good players. You know, you're watching the game. Sometimes watching the game and seeing seeing players make mistakes and and play like crap <laughs> is actually exciting. Oh my god, Matt! I just like to imagine you. I like to imagine you go into a hospital, and you're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want your best surgeon. <laughs> well, give me that's a totally different. Give me situation. your most fine surgeon, and it's okay. The mistakes yeah. are part of it. That's the fun. <laughs> yeah, but the one's a spectator sport, and one is a life or death situation. No, but I think I'm... for for a spectator sport, it's it, sometimes it's fun to see see the players mess up. Or, but it's not because, because it, it adds it adds a sense of like unexpected. It, it adds a sense of like mystery to the game. It's like oh, you know, like because if you're watching professionals play, it's like oh, yeah, he hit the ball. Obviously, this guy's going to catch it. He's going to throw it a second. At that point, it becomes more of a strategy. Like you know, whatever team has the better planning and better strategies are the ones that they're the ones that succeed and of all sports um, baseball doesn't even have that much strategy i'm not saying it doesn't have any don't y- baseball get... is a ton of strategy not as much well, as other I mean, sports all right compared to your hockey or your soccer or your, maybe even your basketball maybe not but okay um there, there are different you know there are different ways you can configure the players in the field uh there are different the strategy is more unseen in baseball uh, pairing up, it's saber no, no, no. pairing I, up certain pitchers. I'm with, certain I understand. Batters. No, no, there's strategy. That's where the strategy comes but, in. It's not, it's not in the sense of like, you know, I'm going to do this formation because there aren't really formations in, in baseball other than like fielding arrangements. But it comes through more like, you know, I'm going to take this guy out because he has statistically has a worse batting average against lefties than this guy does. 
you kind of like hedge your bets that way. Well, and that's where the strategy comes in. Here, here's what I will say, which is, we've done this before, right? The U.S. men's hockey team that imploded in the Olympics. Do you know why? It's because they didn't have any goddamn NHL players on it, and everyone hated it and was bored by it. Remember that <laughs> year, all the NFL players went on strike, and we brought in all the amateur scabs. It was terrible. All right, pros need to play in tournaments because they're the best players. And I think doing a baseball at the Olympics with only amateurs is insane. And I think doing baseball at the Olympics period is insane. We already have a world series. Shouldn't the winner of that just be the best in the world? Matt? No, the the world series only involves American teams and one Canadian team. It's it's not a really a a true world series. The fact that it's even named the world series is ridiculous. But the, uh, the 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 reason that baseball like baseball is such a popular sport worldwide, you can argue that it is besides soccer the most popular sport worldwide. Um, so why shouldn't it be an Olympic game? Why shouldn't it be a game that's that's shared by all nations of the world? But that's my point. It's so we have a World Cup for soccer because soccer is so big. It it dwarfs the Olympics. Why can't baseball have its own tournament? That's my point. Would you say soccer should be added to the to the Olympics? Yeah. I don't see why not. Okay. No, but that math. Oh my god, there's already 50 <laughs> events, man. It's crazy. I'm looking at the list of the summer events. There's there's rowing and there's handball and there's archery and it's in like my mind hurts just boggling. How many events well, there are? Why, why are you adding baseball? Well, I would say add baseball and soccer, but but exclude professionals from both of them. And no! make them strictly oh amateur sports. I, I don't see why that's such a problem. Oh. I think it, it adds excitement. It gives these new, talented, fresh people a, a, a venue to showcase their skills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it gives you the sense that anybody can excel, you know, given the right talent and, and the right... Um, yeah, they did that in the XFL, man, and it. Oh. oh, and I love the XFL. So oh, God help us! <laughs> I think they should bring that back too. Um, oh, you know, boy. I, I just, I sometimes I get tired of professional watching professionals play sports. It's just kind of like, yeah, these guys do this for a living. They're supposed to be good, but when they're bad, you know, we shit all over them. I, I, I get tired of seeing them like not make, you know, they'll, they'll make asinine mistakes from time to time, but it's all so rare. Like I want that unpredictability. I want, I want well, to they... see that, like, you know, like I want to see that those errors in the field and, and those like drop balls and the, the, you know, the overthrowing the, the, the throw. It's just, there's something more human about it. I don't feel like I'm watching a field full of robots that are, that are good so at sports. <laughs> that I, I, I. It's the same argument. I think it's the same argument with the steroids era, right? Like there was this big thing um, when Jose Canseco and and uh, all the roided up people uh, were breaking that, like, um, and Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa breaking that whole like home runs, Barry Bonds. They were, the, the the big argument was like, oh yeah, like we take steroids because that's what our fans want to see. Our fans want to see, you know, big home runs every game. That's why they go to baseball games. And no, not at all, not what? at all. I think the most boring games are the games where all the players hit home runs. Oh my god, home runs are boring as shit. Oh, I'd rather no. see a game. 
I'd rather go to a baseball game that ends one nothing with both sides playing incredible defense where that one, that one run is what makes the difference. That is a much more infinitely more exciting baseball game than the one where, you know, it's like 23 to two because one side just kept slonging dingers the whole time. Slonging dingers? Slinging dongers the whole time. (laughs) Matt, you're, you are, I, I literally, Matt, we, again, we've done 105 of these. I don't think I've ever been speechless. I, I literally don't know how to respond at this point because your arguments are so insane. You're 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 right up there with you know, Sean. I think we should start a baseball team on the moon. You know, why haven't we been playing baseball on the moon with with the, with the lighter gravity? We might it might make a more interesting game. It's like Matt, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, nobody wants. People hate. Lo- That's why soccer hasn't caught on in this country, Matt, because most games end one nothing. People like high-scoring events. That's what makes it exciting. That's why people like the NBA. The scores are 120 a game. I hate the NBA. I, I, I find basketball to be the most boring of all the sports. Oh, God. my Lord. God help basketball us. Basketball sucks. Matt, look, I, we have our opinions about sports. I think the ratings would tell you baseball is down, basketball is up. That's a fact. It's it's an unarguable fact, okay? And w- the cause of that, we can go back and forth. I, I want to circle back to the Olympics because we are so far. This is a whole other episode that we're getting into here. <laughs> All I will say is that I think we we both agree that the Summer Olympics is bloated. Yes, is that fair? Um, yeah, I, I, I would eliminate some sports from it. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's fair to say. Which sports we may disagree, and I think that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it will be interesting because this is this the 2020 Tokyo Games are the first Olympics with baseball as an you know they've done demonstrations, but this is the first with it being an actual like legit meddling event. Yeah, and I, I look forward to seeing it. I think it'll go great. Um, if anything, I would take that. I would I would definitely take out the professional athletes. Okay. Do noted preclude them from it. Because see what's gonna happen and what I'm what I'm afraid of is that um USA will, will guaranteed win the gold. Yeah, but Matt, because we, did... we have all the professional athletes. It's called the dream team and we did that in basketball and it was great. <laughs> and we still dominate. That's why we got snowboarding added to the Winter Olympics, so we could win more medals. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting to win medals, but damn, it's, it's, as a spectator, I want to see the United States as an underdog. But I, I want to see the United States as the one that everyone's rooting against. But you know what, man? I do think you have a good point, though. I do think, and this is true in soccer and it's true in baseball, because of the international appeal of any sport added to the Olympics. I think baseball gives other countries a better shot than some of these, like basketball, maybe. You know what I'm saying? I think I think they would have more competition in baseball yeah. well, than in other games. And, yeah, and, and they have uh, um, I they have a larger pool of athletes. Yeah. That oh, for they sure. Can select from. Yeah, unlike curling. Yeah. Or handball. What's, water motorsports was an Olympic event? Back in 1908, three motorboat racing events were contested. Water motorsports, motorboats, and power boating. I don't... What does that mean? Oh, look, different sized boats? What, did they race? It doesn't even say. 
And they didn't give out silver and bronze. They only gave out gold. All right, this is I'm very confused. Yeah. All right. You're confusing me about what you're we, saying. We 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 got to we got to wrap this up. Um <laughs> This has been our uh, take on the Winter Olympics, uh, Matt. I'm I'm just chilled at the thought this episode has to end, but uh, it does. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, send I hope it some made comments. some kind of sense. Let me know how right I am in the comments. Yes, uh, and uh, you can go in and weigh out, weigh in and on uh, Sean and I our debate. Sure. Yes, let us know. Honestly, I would genuinely because I think we both. It's our job as hosts make assumptions about what other people think and about what what the country and the world thinks. Um, I'm pretty sure most of them are wrong to some degree. So please let us know. You can comment on YouTube or wherever you're seeing this comment because we monitor all that. Or you can email us up for debate TV at gmail.com um, and and let us know. I'm especially the of all the things we talked about. The one thing I want to hear: Do people want low scoring baseball games? Do people hate home runs? Please let yeah. us know. They do because I don't, home run, I don't too many home so. runs is boring. I, I, I disagree. But I the, fa- the fans will speak. Because Matt, what what is exciting about nothing about a lot of outs? Great defense, great Go- pitching. <laughs> That's exciting. It is. It's exciting to watch that you know, Matt, on display. It's so true. When I talk to baseball fans, the first thing they tell me they love in a game is good, solid defense. Yeah. Great <laughs> pitching, great defense. That's how you win baseball games. Oh, Lord. We really need to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, everybody out there, for hanging in this far into our episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, you can go to our website anytime, upfordebate.tv, and get the scoop on all of our past episodes. The full archive is there, also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash upfordebate, um, and get all of our past episodes. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts on Overcast or iTunes or wherever. Links are on the website. If you click the subscribe button, it's the best way to get new episodes. Video is also on YouTube. And lastly, you can follow us. I mentioned the email address. You can also follow us at upfordebatetv on Twitter. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash TV, uh, and get updates there on when new episodes are published. Uh, I will very quickly tease, of course, Matt, we're in the middle of Game Nights, which is uh, we're playing Dungeons & Dragons along with Dan and Colby over at GameNights.tv. I just published what I would argue is the funniest episode we've ever done, uh, which is where we interview some interns for our fake office. And uh, yeah. I- I'm especially fond of Matt's candidate, uh, but I think we had three really strong candidates in the current episode. We do the interviews, and in the next episode, we're going to let you know who we actually hire. So you're going to want to subscribe and check that out at GameNights.tv. Yeah, that was a good one. It was. We've got, our best. We, we've got a lot of D&D ahead of us, so <laughs> you're going to want to tune that in for that. Might have been, that might be the episode with the fewest dice rolls, if I you remember. Know, it was, to be completely honest, it was the easiest one I've ever edited because the show slows down when we're doing combat or dice rolls because there's a lot of pausing and deciding what to do. This was It's all improv. It's a whole hour. It'll end up being two hours of improv, uh, which is great because I thought it went, it flowed really well. There were no real breaks or interruptions. We kind of just really ran with it. So it came out very nice, um, and I'm very proud of that that episode and then the next one. So you, you, you everyone should really go. And the great thing is, is it's kind of segmented from the adventure. So if you've never listened to an episode before, this is the one to listen to because you don't have to know the rest of the story to enjoy the episode. And then you say, wow, this is great. I'm going to go start at the beginning and get caught up with the story. So it's a great starter episode is, is, is my advice.
Yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, it, it, I would check it out. I would check this one out. It's pretty good. Indeed. Straight from Matt's mouth. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. On behalf of Matt, this is Sean. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. We'll see you next time for more Outrageous Debate here on Up for Debate.